Hey, I'm Ken Pettit. And I'm Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Lads. Today is Wednesday, July 28th, 2021. And uh, Martin, it didn't come home. Um, as you mm. can all tell, if you're listeners of the show, it's been a few weeks since our last uh, episode. I think our last episode was actually about the Euro group stages. So um, obviously, we probably should have covered the Euro final when it happened. But I think we needed some time, Martin, to uh, digest, uh, to sulk. And, uh, you know, kind of regroup. So England did not win. Italy won in the penalty shootout. Uh, there was a brief time when Luke Shaw scored that opening goal. And I think it was the first two minutes. I'm trying to remember, uh, at this point, uh, I've kind of blocked it out of my memory up to this point. Um, but we lost, uh, England lost and congrats to Italy, congrats to all my Italy friends, uh, all these Italians and the Gabagool, but uh, that that hurt. That hurt deeply, Martin. Yeah, I mean, like you said, when Lukey scored in the first two minutes, I mean, it was just pandemonium. It was 60 years of, of wait, just begging to actually be ended, and, and it just felt like throughout the game, Obviously, England regressed uh, within themselves. At the same time, Italy pulled everything out to make it their game. And through the the substitutions and the tactics that England and Southgate uh, employed, it, it just fuck. It hurt. It hurt so bad. If if y'all ever want to see like the textbook definition of sports depression, uh, look at the text messages Kevin and I sent each other immediately after the game. And if you want to see the highest of highs. And the lowest of lows, look at the text messages Kevin and I sent each other during the penalty shootout. And like Kev said, needed time to sulk, needed time to, to forget about this because I, I think Kevin and I agreed on this. I haven't been hurt by, by a sporting event quite like this in, in such a long time. And, and this like took the absolute wind out of my sails. I, I haven't had a, a England team show me so much promise and for it all to be ripped away at the death. So. Incredible tournament, uh, horrible uh, ending for any England fan out there. And and like Kev said, I mean, Italians, they thoroughly deserved it. Mancini said it best of all. Um, we are here because of us. This is our fate. Um, and they, they made sure that they won that game. And the second they scored, it felt like they had they had that game. And shit, man. Oof. What a downer of an end to a tournament. Yeah, I mean, it was clearly Gareth Southgate was playing not to lose and Italy were playing to win. I know that's mm-hmm. the cliche, but it was obvious. I mean, we have so much creative talent on that team and it felt as though Kane Sterling should have came off and I think Grealish came on late and then to have Rashford and frickin' Jaden Sancho's only touches essentially be the penalty shootout and the horror, I guess we have to talk about this, the horrible abuse that followed when uh, Saka, Rashford, and Sancho missed their penalties, which again, like, these are all young guys, especially Saka, um, in the biggest stage of their career, essentially, um, to win it for their country that has been so in such a drought and you could really feel it with England and um, the racial abuse and everything that followed was obviously horrific. Um, and if you are one of those people um, doing that, sending DMs, commenting on their posts, like 
we really hope we don't have that in our fan base. Um, and if you are a fan of us or our pages or our community, I would hope that I would ask you to leave. Um, and because that shit is vile, it's, it, it, it goes without saying, Martin. So I, I thought the response by the players were so strong and the community, uh, the soccer community coming together to support them after what happened. Um, but I don't know. I, I really don't understand with that much English talent, so much creativity. We were essentially, uh, playing like a Josie Mourinho side when we didn't exactly have that, you know, uh, where we could fall back and put 10 men behind when this Italy side was chasing the, chasing the win. So did you, did you have any thoughts about like what exactly went wrong? Uh, with this uh, yeah. team, yeah, I mean, I think there was one defining moment um, that that really changed the outlook of the game for for um, England, and and this isn't just because my uh, hatred of this player. I, I do think that the England team changed drastically, and the tactics changed drastically after the first substitution of Declan Rice for Jordan Henderson. I thought Declan Rice throughout the game was doing an excellent job of disrupting the attack, or at least. Uh, pausing the attack to allow that England defense to collect themselves and set themselves up. And it, it felt like once we lost that bite in the midfield and and Declan Rice was replaced with Jordan Henderson, it felt like the Italians walked all over that midfield and were able to just lay assault after assault on to that England defense. And, you know, they standed up for as long as they could. I mean, uh, between Maguire and, and uh, Pickford and John Stones, um, and, and Luke Shaw, uh, that defense held on far longer than I truly expected it to. But I, I do think that was a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal uh, mistake in the tactics. And then the final one, um, since when do we substitute players on for penalties and just penalties? I thought that was a horrific decision by um, by uh, Gareth Southgate. And, you know, if you're going to penalties, trust the team that you have on the field. Trust the team that's been warmed up. And Kev, I, I will say, I mean, uh, Saka, Sancho, and, and Marcus Rashford all, all should have scored those penalties. It doesn't matter that that was their first touch of the game for two of them. Um, they should have scored those penalties, no doubt about that, but they didn't. And, you know, that's, that's sports. That's legit. There's also Donnarumma. I mean, Donnarumma yeah. was phenomenal. He ended up getting player of the tournament, I believe. And, um, as much as people debated that, I mean, you can't deny that penalty shootout. So yeah, and, and um, so it's it's just I, it was an incredibly interesting game. I mean, it was a it was a really great final um, from a neutral perspective. The way the Italians pushed, um, you know, from the second they went down a goal and and you know deservedly won at the end of the game. And I do think Kev, one of the saddest videos in all of football came out of that day. I mean, once uh, Saka's. Uh, Penalty was saved. I mean, the Italian uh, team members sprinting across the field past him and him being just stranded out there. And then you see, I think it was Luke Shaw and uh, Jordan Henderson sprinting to go comfort uh, uh, Saka at the 18-yard line. And then you see Jordan Pickford collapsed on the sideline after all he did in the penalty shootout, which where he was immense. He was immense the entire tournament. And so heartbreaking at the end of the day. And I'd be remiss if I didn't follow, follow your lead. And really condemn the the bigotry and racism that occurred and and abuse that occurred after the fact. Like you said, if if that's you and your you follow us or listen to us, get the fuck out. Uh, we don't fuck want off. that shit. Yeah, fuck off, we don't idiots. want that shit. Sports doesn't want that shit. And once again, uh, I got to got to got to just 
uh, lean on the football community. We we saw the most beautiful responses from other players and and the community as a whole uh, rise up Jason against Sudeikis. the race. Yeah, to the, rise uh, the, up against the racism. Yeah. So it's amazing to see that aspect of it. Yeah, I was, I was, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like I, it was pretty sick. Uh, shout out Ted Lasso season two just came out. Uh, first episode. I, I didn't wa- see that. I know you need to, you need to, uh, you need to get up on that horse, Martin. Uh, but Ted Lasso, uh, Jason Sudeikis went to the premiere wearing a sweatshirt, uh, with Jaden, Marcus, and Bukayo on a really sick sweatshirt. So, um, I don't know. I, I totally agree. Like everything that followed that, I agree. Like, yeah, they should have scored the penalty, but you know, it's a penalty shootout. It can be 50 50 sometimes, but the abuse they faced afterwards and like the tarnishing of like murals of like mm-hmm. in Manchester, Marcus Radford, luckily the community came together to actually, it was a really beautiful story. They came together to fix it and almost make it into like a, a shrine to Marcus Rashford and everything he's done for, you know, uh, the English community with, you know, feeding kids and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I really don't have anything else to say about the Euro final. It didn't come home. It went to Rome, as they've been saying. Uh, and uh, that, that's about it. So <laughs> should, we, uh, should we hop into some transfer talk? Yeah, let's hit the transfer talks. You want to go team by team, start off with City or something, top to bottom? Um. Yeah, I, I, I really – my thoughts about this is to talk mostly about uh, – the team that seems to have made the biggest splash so far. And I feel as though that's your team uh, with Veron and Jaden Sancho. So um, what are your feelings about that? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be that typical asshole and, and certainly distrustful. Um, I really, and, and you, my text messages, my phone calls, my conversations back me up in this. I was not really a fan of Jaden Sancho transfer um, last summer. I don't really, still don't really know how I feel about it uh, this summer. It continues to shock me that he is so young. Um, but all of the games that I've seen him play and all of the highlights that I've I've seen of him, I mean, the man is a, a brilliant passer, um, especially when unleashing that attack. And I think that could be really useful to, you know, unleash Cavani onto the defenses, unleash Mason Greenwood, who is always looking for a team. And, of course, you've got Marcus Rashford, who may or may not be starting the Premier League. Uh, season this year um and as to Veron, i mean you know i'm a, a victor lindelof fan through and through i i really liked the pairing of harry Maguire and victor lindelof all last season and i really uh wish that they gave that more time because i think a an experienced partnership of center backs is better than two separate superstars so to speak and i'm not sure so, harry Maguire nor Veron is that but i mean Veron is nasty um, Four times Champions League winner, multiple yeah, La Liga. I mean, the world. Let's see how he does with with Sergio Ramos. Ramos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, uh, shoot, also, I don't know. What is what is Real Madrid doing, by the way? Like they just got rid of both of their best center backs. <laughs> I think they're tanking, Kev. Like I think they have just the process very confused, and they think there's a draft next year, and they're just straight up fucking tanking. Dude, that in Barcelona, I, I think not enough people are covering Barcelona and the exact amount of debt they're in and the high wages they have for the players and how they have to essentially like uh, cut out the entire team in order to pay to keep Messi and um, make any types of transfers. Like no one's talking about how much debt Barcelona is, is truly in. Like they are kind of fucked. Um, yeah. yeah. I, the, the amount of wages that they're paying some of these players is 
astronomical, which it seems like Pianic's gone. It feels like uh, they're talking about Griezmann might be gone too. And like just they're they have begging so, for Griezmann to go. Yeah. And everyone's just like, no, nah, okay. We're yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah like, I like the money we're being paid. We'll stick around. Yeah. Cause they've made these horrible, horrible mm-hmm. contract negotiations. And uh, yeah. And then there was that we, I feel like we get that every two years that week where, oh, Messi's a free agent. What's going to happen? And then of course he resigns. Um, yeah. For even more money. I'll tell you what. And this is a, I feel like an unpopular decision, but Messi at this point is harming this fucking Barcelona club more than he is helping in, in terms of their well, long term. I, I see what you're saying, but the amount of money that Messi makes the club is more than mm-hmm. worth it. Mm-hmm. So you're probably right there. Yeah. So even though it, from like a football standpoint, maybe, but from a financial standpoint, whatever they're paying Messi, I think it's like another 600 million over a set amount of years. He makes that for them or triples it each year just based on that. Like this, that individual person makes this club billions of dollars. Um, just on jersey sales, tickets, uh, using his likeness, everything like that. So from a financial standpoint, they need to sign Messi or they are actually truly fucked. Um, but in terms of everything else, in terms of the other deals they've made, they've just made themselves in such a hole that they're going to have to essentially gut this club and maybe just play academy players, which I've talked to some Barcelona fans like, yes, we should get back to the, you know, the, that's how we were so great. We used all our academy players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. So, I got you. I know there's like three academies you should know, and that's like one of them. <laughs> like oh, yeah, there's a like, world football, like that should be in like number one when you think of like club academies. But I don't know, man. Um, but it's Barcelona. I feel like the footballing world, like I don't think they should, but since they are one of the you know founding fathers essentially, or at least are now, like that they're, they're going to be protected no matter what, even if they have made bonehead uh, financial decision. So, um, okay, I, I made a quick aside to La Liga. I didn't mean to. I'm sure our La Liga fans are excited about that. But hey. back to back to Manchester United. Um, I mean, a lot of talk is being said that this might be the best back four in the Premier League right now. What are your thoughts on that, where you have Shaw, Varane, Maguire, and uh, Aaron Juan Basaka now? Well, Kev, I, I, I got to go back to my fucking roots here. Uh, I, and it would be unfair of me to, to rate this Manchester United back for as anything more than a complete unknown at this point because I I do the same thing when we talk about City I do the same thing about Arsenal, uh, Liverpool all this. Um, I have never seen Raphael Varane play. I have no idea what the chemistry is going to be like uh, between Varane and uh, Harry Maguire. I'm assuming that's going to be the starting pair. Um, and you know, Manchester United over the course of uh, seven odd years that uh, Sir a- since Sir Alex has left have brought in absolutely insane players in their own rights. Um, you've got uh, people like Schweinsteiger. You've got people like Angel Di Maria, Memphis Depay, uh, Adam Yanizai was supposed to Falcao. be the best thing. Falcao. You will forget and, about Falcao. Yeah, and, and look how all of them turned out. So I think that playing for Manchester United, um, and even though you are coming from stardom, that does not, always guarantee that that is going to be continued. And and so I have to look at this almost more risky than it would be playing um, Harry Maguire and Eric Bai, Harry Maguire and I, Victor Lindelof. So I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't think it's going to be the best partnership because partnerships take time. Um, I thought the partnership between Shaw, uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Victor Lindelof, and Harry Maguire was getting very good last season. 
And so there's a part of me that thinks it's a shame to interrupt that progress. So that's my thoughts on Braun. But at the same time, like I said before, I mean, looking at the man defend, he is a long-legged, very athletic center back who is intelligent in, in route running as well. So he could be the perfect fold. I got to give it time, though. I got to, got to give it time. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. My biggest critique, which I think this has been a phenomenal uh, transfer market or uh, transfer window mm-hmm. so far for Manchester United, I would probably give it like a probably B plus A minus yeah. even, Martin. Yeah. Um, but I really think you guys should have got a number six. Like who is going Agreed. to be your holding holding midfielder for Bruno and Pogba? Where it feels as though I'm looking at the old like England eleven, the golden generation, when they had no number six, when they would play Skulls, Lamps, Gerard, and Bex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all, and, all and in the midfield, the and it's man. like, and and then who's who's like uh, protecting them? Who's you know controlling that midfield while the creative players? So like, I, it's not going to be Fred. It's not going to be uh, Matic. You know, like who's going to be that guy? Who's going to well, be your Car- who's going to be your Carrick? Straight up, and and that that position in football is criminally underrated. I mean, obviously, uh, N'Golo Conte does it the best in the world right now, but then you have the likes of Casemiro. Uh, you have the likes uh, like Pjanic. You have the likes of uh, Declan Rice. And so those players hold such an important cog in, in the machine. It's it's often overlooked when you look at, uh, you know, the defense and, and the offense of everything. Um, so I think Ali has a few different options here. And from the reports that I've read is if Manchester United wants another player this summer, they're either going to have to sell Jesse Lingard or uh, Paul Pogba. Unpopular um, opinion here, sell Paul Pogba over Jesse Lingard. Um, he has been nothing but transfer bait this entire campaign um, or his entire time with Manchester United. Sell him off. Uh, I think that, you know, we could – purchase a, a brilliant number six with that money spent, um, whether it's Wilf and Didi or, or you know, Zaha, or not Zaha, I wish Zaha, but I think that money can be better spent on a number six than it could be spent on Paul Pogba at this current mo- moment, especially with the rumors linking him to PSG. But at the same time, uh, Ollie, as much as I hate to say it, he also has that ability to thrust that responsibility entirely on uh, Scott McSauce or uh, Fred and say, this is your chance to prove you are that number six, which I would not be against in all honesty. But playing the combo of Scott and Fred in every single game is just a recipe for lateral and negative passing, and we can't do another season of that. Right. So based on right now, without like a number six, um, came in second place in the Premier League last year, only was it nine points off City? Yeah, nine or eleven. I can't remember. Yeah. We got close in the end. Um how confident are you, maybe not in the Premier League, but based off these two transfers, which I think are phenomenal transfers for menu, uh, on a trophy this season. Uh, scale to one to I'm ten. 50, six. Realistically. A six. Realistically a six. Okay. Just because of the context and because of our current uh, underwhelming performances in in finals and and semifinals and in the Champions League. Uh, Yeah, a six. I'm going to give it a six because uh, I'm sick of saying, yeah, Manchester United is definitely going to win a trophy. I got to be more realistic with my assumptions at this point, dog. 
All right. I feel like that's the honest answer. I see a lot of football Twitter, a lot of Manchester United fans saying it's, you know, old, guaranteed like, I, and all that shit. Yeah, no. Guaranteed. No. That's presumptuous. Another one is that Oli, who you guys just gave a contract extension to, people are saying, like, if he doesn't win a trophy this year, he's out. Like, no, everyone's no. been waiting. Oh. Um I, hate I, I know Twitter so much. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, it's like my, you know, my, uh, evil pleasure. I love football Twitter so much and also hate it so much. Um, but okay. So you're on the boat that even without a trophy or at least, would you say like at least a final appearance? Yeah. I mean, the, we made a cards? final this, this season and, you know, shat the bed. Um, and, you know, even without. Yeah, that is true. We went against the master and lost. Um, but I, I genuinely think that there has been a positive progression every single year. Ollie has been in charge and, um, like we talk about constantly, Kev. I mean, I think the, the manager of the old, the one who sticks around for, you know, five, seven, 10, 13 years is gone. And it's, it's awesome to see Manchester United trying to show Ali Gunnar Solskjaer that there is support behind him. He has the backings of the fans, the the real fans, I think. Um, he has the backing of the players. He has the backing of the board. And, yeah, I, I'd say give him another contract. I mean, for fuck's sakes, we gave him a contract to be the head coach after, like, seven games in charge as the temporary manager. Let's just go all in with this dude. Just give him the money, give him the transfers that he wants, and who knows what's going to happen. It's going to be a wild ride. I will say, uh, I did see this from our Discord. Uh, someone was like, hmm, Ed Woodward says he's leaving, and suddenly we start getting the transfers we want. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Weird how that fucking works, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Just, just a little, little, just a little note. Um, oh, if I, I'd be amiss since we brought this up in the pre-show, uh, certain Manchester United legend having a timeout in the town, Wayne Rooney. Do you have any, any comments on Wayne Rooney out and about with some birds? Um, Dude, Wayne Rooney is on his own personal World Cup of every four years he gets caught with a two or gets caught cheating on his wife. And all I'm saying is Colleen Rooney must be okay with it at this point. I mean, it's an ongoing fucking thing. First He's off, more it is a than plant. Else. It was a huh? plant by Rebecca Vardy. Vardy, <laughs> he is clearly the mastermind, the brainiac behind this operation. Um, I do, I did see a, a certain uh, conversation happening on Twitter that if the roles were reversed, though, like it looked like Wayne Rooney was passed out drunk, like and a, a bunch of those photos, yeah. like he was definitely super intoxicated, and they were taking photos of him. Some, yeah, they farted uh, on his face, which is you know fucking. Funny, but like you were saying, if the roles were reversed, I mean, there would be a public outcry. I mean, it's it's right. So it's it's just a fucking thing. But at the same time, it's Wayne fucking Rooney. The literally, there were reports out of Derby the next day that in training he fractured one of his players' ankles and he's out (laughs) for like seven weeks. So Uh, this man is a living fucking legend. I don't care what the hell happens to him. What the hell happens to Derby? All I ask is Manchester United builds a statue of him. He is a legend, bruv. I, I always, I always enjoy, I don't mean to get, this could be a whole podcast, but Wayne Rooney is such an interesting player because it, I, if you go to 10 different people, Martin, um, who like could be Manchester United, could be Premier League fans, whatever fans of whatever club, I feel like you'd find a different ranking of him in terms of all time greats everywhere. I feel like some people, 
Uh, especially Manchester United fans have him super high. Other fans say he's like, uh, he's good, but not one of the all time Premier League greats. Um, I, I, not all time Premier League greats, but like, I feel as though like, where would you put him, Martin, in like the top three players ever in the Premier League? Where other people, I think, would put him in like the latter 10 or so. Um, yeah, and I so think it, I think it's, it's so hard because he worked. It's just I just finished my point. Sorry, um, is that because Fergie used him in like every single fucking posi- mm-hmm, position mm-hmm. and worked him to death? And also, when he got up to the age of like into his thirties, he really fell off a cliff. That um, because he had been just pl- overplayed, overworked by Sir Alex, um, it's really hard to put him and where to rank him. Yeah, and I I think that if if you got to see Wayne Rooney play from like 2004 to 2012, I mean the man was an absolute pit bull. We talk about how Jack Wilshire, Lucas Trezeda, um, Ander Herrera were pit bulls. That's all bravado. When you look at Wayne Rooney, and and like Kev said, um, he was a utilitarian. He played in every single place the manager asked him to play. And he played with Wayne Rooney where he had to cover, I'm sorry, he played with, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo where he had to cover up Cristiano Ronaldo's space because, I mean, Ronaldo was that go-getter, that goal scorer. So he had to pick up that slack. He played with Berbatov. He played with, uh, Tevez and Wayne Rooney was always in that team, always the best, one of the best out of those trios. And he did it across so many years, so many different generations of players. Um, you know, he started with uh, Skulls, Giggsy, uh, Gary Neville, Nicky Butt, and he ended with Michael Carrick, Bastian Schweinsteiger, uh, Schweinsteiger, Memphis, Marcus Rashford. So this man was a, an absolute workhorse. And, and so I think that Manchester United players have that bias where they truly saw the progression of this man over, over his entire career. Um, and have that inherent bias, but I mean, I can't help but put him in at my top three players. And you know what? Top three fucking lad gets trash, gets in fights, goes and, you know, has private shows with prostitutes. Shit, dude, the man's having a blast. And, you know, we have yet to see a violent report come out about him. So cheers to fucking that. Yeah, I feel like that's also the bias, too, uh, from the media who portrayed him so poorly, which again, like cheating on your wife. Not good. Not <laughs> like, good, just, but, you know, yeah, you that could is be Swedish and, nothing, uh, I, on Everton. Yeah. Um, you mean Icelandic? Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, Sorry, Swedes. I, Sorry, Swedes. That's fucked up. <laughs> uh, Martin, Martin, Martin. Well, I guess, you know, go back to uh, Wayne Rooney's boyhood club. Uh, there had uh-huh. been re- reports <laughs> um, from Everton about a certain player. Um, which, you know what, we'll just go ahead and just not say their name. You guys follow Twitter, follow what's going on. Um, that one player has been, uh, excused or suspended and there's a criminal investigation on some, I would say pedophilic activity with minors with a certain, uh, player. Um, that's all I'm really going to say about it, Martin. I don't really have any jokes personally because it's so gross. Uh, like anything with kids, obviously, especially if there's like criminal charges, that's fucked up. Um, but yeah, that, that happened and no one, I guess nothing, cause it is a criminal investigation. I guess we have to wait till things come out, but like that story came out and I haven't really seen much about it since. And that was about a week ago. Yeah. I mean, like Kev said, it's, 
I, neither of us really want to jump to uh, any types of, of conclusions, um, seeing as it is still under investigation. And the only information we have are what was released through the media and, and through Everton, which is, you know, specific enough for you all to be able to make your own conclusions about who it, it is, but not specific enough for us to yield any judgment on it yet. Um, with Innocent said, before guilty, right? We got to we got to do that. Everyone yeah, deserves a defense. Before guilty. That's exactly um, right. And, um, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, it's something we should, uh, certainly keep our mouths on, uh, mouths quiet on before, uh, we know any more information. Um, but like Kev said, if anything like this comes out to be true, I mean, Adam Johnson is the only, uh, comparison that I can fucking think of. And I'm, I'm glad that the football community shunned the shit out of him. Eventually. Right. Yeah. And there's been tons of memes and jokes about this certain player going on. And, you know, like our Instagram page, we post lots of memes and stuff like that. I don't know. I haven't felt comfortable doing that because it is too soon and nothing has really come out. And anything when it's like in that case, like, you know, like it's just fun. That's just me personally. Other meme pages, other people making jokes about it. That's fine. Like you can do whatever you want. I'm just talking about me personally. Like when this stuff comes out, I'm just like, ah, man, these are like kids and you just hope to god that it's just not true you know i hope he's innocent because then you know bad things didn't happen to children and that's great um so i don't know man it's a weird story but you know we'll probably there'll probably be some follow-up on it and you know uh if you want to find out who it is you know you've probably heard enough hints from us and you can find it out two seconds on twitter so there's google yep you got it cool 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 um let's move on to some more transfer talk um Martin, I'm kind of pissed off at the internet right now. Kevin, um, why? Why are you pissed off at the internet? Well, Come I'm on. constantly pissed off reason. at the internet because yeah, the internet yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, is filth. But this whole campaign against Arsenal's uh, recent transfer of Ben White and comparing oh. it to Veron and also comparing the uh, transfer of Jane Sancho and Nicholas Pep, uh, and Pepe is pissing me off. Because, you know what? Like, why are we making these comparisons right now? We got two players who haven't been in the Premier League. I got two guys who have. Again, Pepe probably wasn't worth the 70-odd million pounds that were paid for. I know that. You know that. But I'm just sick and tired that, yeah, clubs make bad transfers all the time. And also, we haven't seen Pepe fully play out. I haven't even seen Ben White play for Arsenal yet. So can we all take a minute and stop bragging on Arsenal because it's easy and it's lazy of you. That's what I'll say. It is easy <laughs> and lazy to make fun of Arsenal because they're already a beaten dog. We have an Amazon documentary coming out, Martin. We didn't even mention that. We got ha- There's an Arsenal all or nothing documentary being filmed this year that will be released at the end of the year. This could be one of our worst seasons ever in Arsenal fucking direct. The, the fucking people who run my club, Stan Kroenke, said, huh, this is a real make or break year for this club to see if they're still even like considered a toxic club anymore. You know what we should do? Camera crew. We should put a fucking <laughs> camera crew in here and film the entire thing. This could be the end of my club and they want to film it. Um, democracy, awesome. democracy dies in darkness. Thanks, Amazon. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry, Washington Post. I'm sorry, Jeff Bezos. Um, yeah, Kev. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I like the transfer of, of Ben White. Well, yeah, you you might have paid too much, but I mean the dude has proven himself in the prem, like like you said, and and I kind of have to trust that on on some level. If you've proven yourself in the prem for a lesser team, you know that expects to be beaten, 
um, you know, half the time. And, and you've proven you're one of the best players, a, a top quality player. I, I think that is a, a good sure bet to improve your side. I like the transfer of uh, Ben White. I do too. Nicholas Pepe. But I no mean, one's letting is... me enjoy it. No yeah. one's letting me enjoy it. All these I mean, Manchester United they're... fans and all these haters are coming out saying, like, we got the way better deal. I don't know. You guys haven't even laced up for the club yet. And all, right. all I and know also, is. Also, <laughs> Kevin, let me remind all the Manchester United fans look at the net spend over the past five years for, a Man- for Manchester United as a club in general. We have spent more than any other club. So if you want to start. To Talking shit, talk shit to our own board members. I'm sick of y'all picking on Arsenal. They've done nothing. They're trying their fucking best. Really, we are. We are really struggling, and just to keep piling it on, it's easy, and it's lazy. It's lazy by all of you, (laughs) so stop it. I am not crying behind this microphone. You just stop it right now. Be nice to me. Be nice to Arsenal, okay? It is tough right now, so I... I don't want to hear any more. Um, other transfer news. Um, I think we're going to talk Manchester City, Harry Kane, and Aguero. Because, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a fucking circus. Yeah, does he go? Does Kane Who, go? Harry Kane? I, I think I think no, because Manchester City in, in the past, like, two, three years have gotten really smart about spending their money, and I don't see them lodging, like, a $150 million bid for Harry Kane, and, and Levi is a, 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 a fucking horse cock when it comes to money and deals and hanging on to uh, Harry Kane, so I don't think he goes, but I don't think that's a result of Harry Kane not wanting to go. I think Harry Kane wants to go. I think uh, City won Harry Kane, but I think Dan Levy's a, a straight-up miser and, and will not let him go. Yeah. Um, what I mean, they, they sold s- Eric Lamella to Sevilla for like $17 million, so shit. They're doing bad business all over the place. Why stop uh, there? Can I say something that's going to make some people maybe upset? And I don't, Probably. I, um, I don't think Nuno was the right choice for I Tottenham. I wholeheartedly and, agreed. The reason I think is that I think he did wonders at Wolves. He did what he could and he left. And honestly, like if I'm a Tottenham player, nothing really excites me about him. Um, and also knowing that he was probably like the 10th pick. So like even yeah. the players are probably looking at him being like, Hey man, like you, you were the 10th pick. You weren't the first choice manager. Like we wanted like Antonio Conte. We wanted so and so, you know what I mean? Um, so I feel like the players don't really have that much respect for him either. And I don't know, like, does he put you like Jose Mourinho put my ass in a seat to watch him manager Tottenham. Say what you want about him. He's kind of washed up now, but he got my ass in a seat because he was at least interesting. And he did have some great performances for Spurs. Um, I mean, say you what know, you want. He got Tottenham to a final, which he did not coach and they lost, to be fair. But he got Tottenham to a final. Yeah, it was a shit final for, you know, the Coca-Cola trophy or whatever it's called nowadays. But, I mean, like, he, he did the bare minimum. I mean, Nuno Santos, I do not think is an improvement at any stretch. And like you said, man, uh, these, it, it would be a very weird locker room for these players to realize that Nuno Santos, like you said, was like the fifth choice. They tried for other players. They didn't want to pay them. They didn't agree with their tactics. They didn't agree with their transfer ideas. And they kind of just landed onto Nuno Santos because that's the only one they had left. 
Yeah, I don't know. And I don't think that excites Kane. Like, Kane didn't see Nuno and be like, ah, oh, I got to stay. You yeah, know, right. like, I mean, if anything, he's probably like, well, you guys are rebuilding. I'm out of here. I want to go win trophies. Um, So, I don't know. I also think Man City, in the back of their heads, are kind of thinking, like, hey, we won the league essentially with no striker anyway. We can probably do it again. Let's see what we can do. Um, and maybe just hold out for like Erling Holland, maybe. But I know yeah, Chelsea's we, Chelsea's really that. Chelsea's really going after Erling Holland, and Holland even had a quote this week being like, "Am I really worth 175 million? That's a lot for a person." And I was like, "Yes, that is that is a lot for one person." <laughs> I love Erling Holland. I I swear, I he's mean, hilarious. He really is, and and to be fair, if Ro- if there is anyone in the world that can get Holland. It is Roman Abramovich. That man is absolutely crazy. And, and, you know, I think one of the best owners in, in the Premier League, he will get Chelsea what they need to contend with titles, whether it's coaches, whether it's players, he will invest that money. And, and so I would not be too surprised if we see Haaland go to, uh, Chelsea in this window. I think there might be an insane bid. Um, but while we are on the, the talk of Chelsea, and I don't want to get too sidetracked, but Kevin, there there is a bone here that I need to pick. Pick it. If anybody says that Jorginho should win the Balloon d'Or, stop watching soccer. <laughs> just just stop. Dude, you have watched I, soccer I, wrong your entire life, and just he, stop watching soccer. I I made a lot of enemies, but I also have a lot of friends on Italian uh, football Twitter. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Joe, Joe Cappuccino, um, who asked us a fan question. So I'll get to him in a minute because I lost a bet <laughs> because of, because of the Euros. I have to eat gabagool and talk like Tony Soprano for a month. Um, he didn't say which month, but um, now I am seeing a big push because if they are saying because. Uh, Modric won the Ballon d'Or, Jorginho should win it. I'm seeing all these crazy ar- arguments for it. Um, I I think Messi's going to win it because we didn't even mention that he won the Copa del Rey. Um, Messi has done shit all for his club, though. Nobody should win it except Robert Lewandowski. Um, yes, I think Robert Lewandowski is a can't. I, I would pick Messi just because I think he's still oh, Kevin, uh, played. No. But now... I'm a, uh, I'm a messy sexual man. I'm a messy sexual. I love, <laughs> I love, I, I love messy so much. Um, and I, <laughs> you really, that, that really tickled you. Um, um, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Robert Landowski, I think is right. To, if either of them win it, I'd be very happy. I am with you. The Jorginho narrative that he should win the fucking Ballon d'Or would it would be, and I'm not, and I'm, no, I'm going to piss some people off. It would be a disgrace to the award. Yeah, look, to everybody saying he should win it because Modric won it, we all know they made a mistake when Modric won it. Like, exactly. why should we re- repeat that fucking mistake? No, we should not be doing this. Um, I, I think that my argument for Lewandowski is, is very fucking simple. He should have won it last season, correct? And they decided to cancel it for COVID. Um, and he had an absolutely brilliant domestic season. He broke Jared Muller's record which never was thought to be broken. He won another uh, title, and, and shoot. Uh, yeah, he didn't win the Champions League this year. He won it last year. Um, he did everything he could for Poland. Um, and, yeah, I, I think you've got to give it to Lewandowski. If you, if you give it to Messi, I think I could see the reasoning, sure, but I think that's a fucking stretch because he performed pretty poorly. His team performed pretty poorly throughout. His team, the- but individually, he performed very well for Barcelona. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I just, I, I think it'd be mad disrespectful robbing Lewandowski of another balloon door. I, I would, um, I would say it would be, it's like Henri not winning a Ballon d'Or. You know what I mean? It's like if Lewandowski not having a Ballon d'Or, he would be in the same conversation. Best players to never win it. We'll uh, look back and regret giving Messi a, a seventh balloon d'Or. Let's put it that way. Well, when Robert about, I, Lewandowski <laughs> deserves one. Just imagine if Ronaldo and Messi didn't exist, the amount of players who would have volunteers. players. Yeah. Like, I'm sure Suarez would have one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to go through the list of, like, who could be. David um, Villa. I mean, yeah. Zlatan in his prime. Samuel yeah. Atoa. I mean, there, the list goes on. Aaron Robin. Uh, we already are talking about Robin Lewandowski. Um, I, I, I do think that. At the end of the day, I think the entire football community really should condemn Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi for being absolutely out of this world, too good for the rest of the players in the world. Because they, they selfishly took every single award for like 13 straight years. Do you, I I have a weird hypothetical, like different universe question for you. Um, What? Do you think if one of those two, Messi Ronaldo, did not exist, would they have been, I knew they would have been absolutely like one of the greatest of all time, but because they both existed at the same time, they were able to push themselves to be better than each other. Um, my question okay. is, if, if one of them didn't exist, do you think they would still be as good or because both existed at the same time that they pushed each other to go to even higher feats? Okay. I can, I can answer in confidence, um, in regards to Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo has said at, at multiple points that Messi challenged him to get better and better and better and better. And I think if you look at the uh, trajectory of Ronaldo's career and and kind of his pivot points in his career where he he had to play a different playing style, had to play a different position to keep being, you know, the number one player in the world, the number two player in the world, whatever whatever you think, um, is a direct response to having that competition from Messi. Now, with Messi, uh, I think that the man has been the same player he was in 2006. I think he is as just as brilliant in 2006 as he was in 2013 as he is nowadays. I mean, his skill set has not really changed, so to speak, just because it is at a certain fucking level. It is just an insane to watch. Just a 99. Um, just a 99 yeah, overall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, and so I think it's two very different players where, and, and I think one quote does it the best justice. Um, if, if man had to design a robot, uh, for a, a perfect robot football player, it is Ronaldo, but, you know, the perfect football player from outer space is Lionel Messi. Ronaldo's the robot, Lionel Messi's the alien. And and that is the only comparison that I can, you know, give justice. Alien versus Predator. Great yeah, movie. Yeah, straight up. Um, Fucking fight to the death. Let's go. <laughs> Actually, I, I remember as a kid, I saw that in theaters, and I was like, this is going to be the greatest movie ever. And then rewatching it years later as an adult, I'm like, this movie fucking sucked. Alien versus Predator. What a lit down. Two legends, Alien and Predator, and just totally botched it. Anyway, um... That's all. What was what were we even talking about before that? We were on the point of Chelsea and Halon. Then we were talking about how Jorginho is very much undeserved. We were talking about the Blundor. Ah, uh, that's where right, we were. right, 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 right. Sorry. But originally, we, we were talking about transfers, and I think we hit everybody except Liverpool and Kev. 
I don't fucking know shit all about Liverpool's transfer ideas. I've seen a couple um, rumors, but I mean, they seem kind of stuck. Yeah, Liverpool are really in a weird spot, I feel like, because it feels almost like the last dance, like Michael Jordan, mm. a little bit. You know what I mean? Where it feels like everyone together, some people are getting older, some people are not. Virgil van Dijk's coming off an injury. Mane kind of had a poor season last year. Firmino is Firmino. Um, and the only one who really has just kind of been very consistent is like Salah. Mm-hmm. Um, like even Trent kind of had a down season compared to the seasons he's had before. Robbo, Jordan Henderson, how much longer are you going to give him? You know what I mean? They still don't really have a creative midfielder. So it feels as though Liverpool either have to make a splash or, you know, is Klopp going to hang out? For much longer and they're going to do a rebuild I don't know Liverpool feels in a weird limbo right now where it's either all or nothing yeah not to, I mean not to go back to the Amazon documentary but whatever <laughs> yeah I mean I think the best team in in Premier League history is is really facing a a crisis over the past two years and you know when you are the best team in Premier League history you have to uh have to have to either reinvest in in new players which I think they have tried to do and I think a lot of their targets have been good acquisitions. Um, Thiago um, Alicantra from Bayern Munich. I mean, I think everybody thought he was going to take the Premier League by storm, and it just didn't happen. And you know, unfortunate events like like the VVD injury and and then you know uh, everybody figuring out that uh, TAA can't defend uh, and and just the injury crisis that they all uh, kind of succumbed to this past season has really shown, put Liverpool into a weird medium where I mean shoot yeah they made top four but I mean is this squad going to be able to take it far into the Champions League is this squad going to be able to contend for the Premier League title without certain acquisitions and it just does not seem that they've been active enough um, to show their intent at the very least and and to be fair I mean yeah they still have a, a nasty squad uh, to be fair yeah they still have Jurgen Klopp who has some good vibes left in him yet but at this point, it's it's surprising that uh, their their show of intent, at least, and and the transfer rumors are not pointing to them investing heavily in the squad or or you know committing a a U turn and and saying we're going to rebuild the squad because they're also selling off uh, their youngsters as well. Whether it's Harvey Elliott or uh, Harry Wilson, um, they are selling off some of their promising youngsters. So it's 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 an interesting time, um, I will say. Though for, yeah, I uh, didn't even consider the injury crisis they had. So to me, I feel like this is a big bounce back year for Liverpool. Um, but it it is like you said, like you know, I feel like they still need a little bit more juice. It just seemed like the team was just so fatigued last year from this rock and roll football from Jurgen Klopp that they needed like some rest. So I don't know. We'll see. I I still just because it feels like nothing's going on of Liverpool, I just don't really have much to say. Yeah, straight up and and like like you just said, I mean shit. Uh they they have invested smart over the past couple years um with low key acquisitions uh like Diogo Jota in the midfield um and and you know Ox from y'all. So they they have invested smart and and you know relatively cheaply. Uh so we'll probably fucking see something, but it just feels weird not to have a big name mentioned with the best Premier League squad in history. So oh my god, if you say that one more time, I'm going to go. <laughs> Hey man, I just gotta remind the people what, what Nobody uh, said Liverpool that. Is. Nobody was saying that. Oh, everybody was saying that two years ago, one year ago. 
but now it's all died out. All right. You want to do some, okay. We're going to do some fan questions. Um, <laughs> but before we do fan questions, I do have some, uh, video game news, Martin. We oh, are now, oh, pass. are we talking pass? We're talking, well, RIP pass. Yeah. Pass. That's what I'm saying. Pass is no more, Martin. We have yeah. eFootball, which may be the worst name ever. <laughs> eFootball, but, uh, pass is no longer. They believe that you know, paying $60 each year for a game that is exactly the same, if not worse, with just a little nicer graphics, um, is wrong, um, which I agree with. Um, so they are going to be releasing eFootball, which is a essentially free-to-play, kind of like a battle royale, a free-to-play video game. Um, and, yeah, they're just going to constantly update the squads, update the teams, update the graphics, and it will be just a live service the only problem I'm seeing is because it's Konami, and I'm a big video game nerd, I play a lot of video games, is that it will be riddled with microtransactions, and uh, you might have to buy teams or buy certain things in order to really enjoy the game, so that might suck. I mean, EA Sports is also riddled with microtransactions, now. Yes, but they wouldn't... That's for, like, the foot or whatever. I don't play that, and... Um, I don't do the play buying the cards and buying the players. Like I've never invested money into FIFA besides play paying the sixty dollars for it. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. Which yeah, now, yeah. which oh, now that I've player. yeah, and now that I have a PS5, the games are now seventy dollars. Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a really good concept. I really think that FIFA would never EA would never adopt this because you know they're a horrible money. company and they they just want money. Um, so to me, I feel like what Konami is doing is the blueprint of what FIFA should do, but FIFA will never do that. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, no more PES. Not that we've played PES in years, but hey, PES, what was it? 20, 14? which one did we, no, which one did we, do we, do we play 14 in college together? I feel yeah, like we 14 played, and I, then I think we played 17 after we graduated. When, yeah, when we lived in Philly, I remember we were trying to get people to go to PES inside of FIFA, and I think PES 17 was really good, and then we went it right was. back to FIFA. Yeah. I think we went right back to FIFA. God damn it, they got us. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. It was in. because of the jerseys, too. I couldn't play as Red Man anymore. Yeah, and I didn't know which team was what. They had, like, this is Oh, Cameron. that's right. <laughs> we couldn't figure out which team was what or who was who. Like, uh, I remember Brighton was like Bird City or something. It was like mm-hmm. really bad. They had like really bad names too. But hey, if this, I, I'm going to check it out. I'm just, I'll be the first to say I will download eFootball when it comes out because it'll be free. So I just worry that you might have to buy teams or something and that would suck. So if they don't, if they do that, then like I, I'll just buy FIFA because all the teams come together. So, um, all right, let's do some fan questions. Um, let's go to Instagram. Follow us on at Lads Podcast. Uh, give us a follow. That'd be cool. Um, Gideon Tamir says, Martin, uh, are United serious title challengers now? They've probably had the best window. Um, we kind of addressed this in the show. You said you're about a six out of ten on a trophy, but yeah, I think they're title contenders, obviously, because they kind of, they came in second place. They even proved upon the squad. Man City hasn't really done anything, and you know, besides Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal are obviously out. Um, Tottenham are out, and I don't really see West Ham, Leicester really title contending. I see top four possibly, but yeah, I think Man United are title contenders. 
right. I, I, I think I can, I can put it best this way. On paper, yeah, Manchester United are, are title contenders. On FIFA, yeah, Manchester United are definitely title contenders. But in reality, I think, I think there are two teams that Manchester United is most likely going to face competition for the title in, um, and it's Chelsea and Manchester City. Um, and in terms of context, uh, Marcus Rashford may or may not start off this season. Um, Manchester United is bringing two Premier League inexperienced players as their marquee signings and as their marquee players um, into this squad. And Manchester United historically starts off slow in, in the Premier League. So, yeah, I think they are title contenders, but any more from last year, I don't think so, no. Okay. Uh, next question comes from P underscore fly underscore four. He says, who are the relegation teams in the Prem? I think, mm. I think he's saying, I think what he's trying to say is who will be relegated. Yeah. Next year. Uh, way too early predictions. I got to say Newcastle. Um, I, I just, that's a good shout. It's a, it's a good safe shout. Um, I got to say Brentford, even though Brentford's going to m- be my team for next year. And, uh, I got to say Norwich again. Norwich is going down. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I, I, I agree with Norwich. Norwich won for me. Uh, fuck Watford. I want them out of the Premier League. Get, get, them, <laughs> get Troy Deeney and his piece of Kevin, shit. Kevin, you can't still hate Troy Deeney. He's a cunt. He, he is can't re- hurt you cunt. anymore. He He's can. He's Saudi Arabia, I think. Um, wherever he is, he can still go fuck himself. Uh, and my third team, I'll pick someone who was in the Premier League last year. Um, let's see. I, I'll say I, I love our gay seagulls, but Brighton, man. Dude, yeah. no. Kevin, you're going to curse some fuck. Uh, <laughs> maybe that I'll reverse curse really him. sad. Wow. <laughs> wow, you genuinely felt an emotion there. Wow. Um <laughs> Next question comes from PDPab5. He says, who's more likely to leave their club, Kane or Grealish? I would say Kane. I would say Grealish. Money talks more to Villa than it does to Dan Levy and Tottenham. Mm. I would, I, I, okay, that's a better point, that the club is more likely to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I think the player-wise, yeah. I think Grealish is fine uh, playing for Villa. I think Kane really wants out of Spurs. Agree, uh, but I think I, I, agree, I agree with your point more. Uh, next question comes from Brady Iwood. He says, "Opinions on Oli's new contract and how do you think United will do this season?" Lots of Manchester United talk in this, Martin. There's a lot hey, of buzz. Yeah, a lot we, of buzz we on kind United. Of talked about it already, but I mean, uh, keep it simple, stupid. Spark notes answer. I'm really stoked on Oli's new contract. I don't see an issue with it. I like the backing of, of Ali Gunnar Solskjaer as our main coach for the future to come. Uh, it, it shows that they are about his agenda and they're committing to his uh, vision. Um, and, you know, title contention, I kind of already answered that, hopefully. But, uh, I mean, City is still motherfucking City, guys. Shit, that's tough to beat. Yeah. Uh, when you have the barrel of City staring you in the face. Um, yeah, I mean, shit. Fuck. It's not like City got worse. Um, let's go to next question. King Nito 1019 says, who is someone in the EPL you're expecting to have a breakout season this year? Ooh. Mm. Let's see. Um, 
I'm trying to think. Anyone personally from your club, Martin, like Jaden Sancho or maybe Mason Greenwood? Um, if Ollie makes the decision not to invest in a number six, I think Scott McSauce can have a breakout season and claim that number six role. Also, I think uh, the likes of some youngsters like James Garner uh, might break through and, and make a case to be in that first team. Um, same with uh, Mengi. I think that he is super fucking nasty. Um, but in in all honesty, it's actually going to be a player from your team who just signed a new contract, got a number ten jersey. I think Emil Smith Rowe is going to have a yes. a, a true that's what I was going to say. Jack Grealish <laughs> type of breakout season. Yeah, I I really like EMR. I think he's going to or ESR. I think he's going to have a fucking awesome season. So you know, fingers crossed. Him and Saka with that sick number seven jersey. I need to order that jersey already. Um, next paycheck. Um, yeah, I think ESR is going to absolutely destroy. I'm so I'd love excited. to see it. He, he is just a classic player in his own right, and I'd love to see him flourish, whether it's at Arsenal or somewhere else. I know a lot of people were gunning for his signature, and rightfully so, but I want to see him flourish because he seems nasty. You know, uh, you know what's going to happen? You know who's going to have a breakout season, Martin? Not Ben White. No, um, Fran Torres. I City doesn't sign a striker. Uh, they don't I know, need to. I know. God damn it! I know. Because he's nice. He's actually he's pretty dirty. nice. He In the is, Euros, he, he was awesome to watch. So that's that's my breakout player of who I don't want to break out, but probably will. Um, next is Griggs JC. Shout out to JC, good friend of the show in the Discord. Let me stay at his house before I went to a friend's wedding down in Richmond. Uh, he says, who's your favorite French player to play in the Premier League? Can't be from your favorite team. Ooh. Oh, well, fuck. There's I know. I, one person I'm picking. Shit. Yeah. All right. Because um, I would have obviously picked for Arsenal, Thierry Henry. That would have been so easy. Or, I, I'm, um, wanted, I'm not even picking him, and I am picking from your team. Um, Come on, I, now, Kev. You know who I'm picking. Um, well, I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, your boy, the king who kicks fascists in the face. My man. Yes, sir. I'm going with Patrice Vieira. So right with there with you, brother. Yeah, man. I, um, I fucking love that crazy man. Um, Cantona. Yes, Eric. Yes. Sorry. I was literally I staring. I, I was staring out into space for a minute, just imagining when he kicked that fascist in the face. It was, I, I was in you. like a. I was in a good daydream, but yeah, I probably have to go with Cantona. He's just such a legend. His weird speech he gave when he got that lifetime award or whatever. I also think about that before I go to bed. Sometimes it's a all big, right. ex, big existential dread. <laughs> if y'all, and especially you, Kev, if you guys don't listen to anything else that I say, go read Eric Cantona's uh, letter to himself on uh, the Players Tribune. He talks about his his grandpa fighting against the fascists. In the uh, Spanish Civil War, he talked about his other uh, set of grandparents escaping fascism, um, I, I believe, during World War II. And, and you know, how he's, he's kind of sought to create uh, galleries throughout the world, kind of defining and honoring uh, those the sacrifices those people made. I mean, Eric Cantona, um, yeah, he's known for obviously his soccer skill, obviously kicking that Crystal Palace fuck in the face. Um, and obviously his, his weird, uh, Instagram and, and media videos, but, uh, he, he is an incredible fucking man to, 
to kind of explore. So yeah, if, if you w- are wondering about French fucking people in Prem, want to know some history, uh, and check out a badass player, go read up on Eric Antonin. Man's a fucking ledge. Absolute legend. I would say the beginning of the Manchester United dynasty begins and ends with it. No, I'm just kidding. Begins with begins it. Begins and ends. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question comes from Nolan.Fink. He says, thoughts on football slash soccer in the Olympics? Does it really matter in the footballing world? Not no. really. No. Um, I enjoy watching it in the Olympics because there's a lot of dumb shit in the Olympics that I can't believe are considered sports. Um, gymnastics. Yeah. Whoa. Hey, no, gymnastics is a sport. You're, you're, you, you, we, we may have just lost like half our audience. Gymnastics. <laughs> I'm kidding. Gymnastics. I could never do any of that shit. Yeah. That shit's wild. Curling though. Curling. Badminton. Come on, dog. Badminton. Ping pong. Ping pong's a real sport. I guarantee you that. That shit's amazing. Dude, that shit's wild. The way they curve it, dude, they fucking Oof. bend it like Beckham every serve. That shit. <clears throat> fucking. Oh my God. Um, oh, also not drowning. That sport is awesome. Not drowning's pretty good. We're we're really good at that, not drowning in the US. <laughs> um, next question comes from Lucas Navarro seven. He says, Is Chiesa on Holland and Mbappe's level? Ooh, no. Yes. Yes. Really? Under the radar, yes. Absolutely. He's been around longer. He has played for shittier fucking clubs, aka Fiorentina. He has played for uh Juventus and gone under the radar. And he has played, uh, you know, for the Italian national team. His daddy's a fucking star, uh, same as Holland, actually, but still. Um, I think Federico uh, Chiesa is the gem in the rough of those three and is going to be, be just a star for the future. I love the way. Uh, I will <laughs> I will say Serie A fans were really patting themselves on their back and dick this entire Euros tournament being like, Dude, see? Chiesa is fucking for real. I fucking I, love I, it. I, I get it, but like all these people being like, wow, people watching this Italian side finally getting to see what real Serie A talents are like. Or, you know, I was just like, guys, like, I get it. Like, you're good, but like. When was the last time you guys won the Champions League? No, but like, but for real, like if I had to fucking choose a a second tier league to watch week in and week out, it would be Syria. I fucking love the Syria. I'm right there with you guys. The sweaty meatballs, uh, yeah. come on now. Yeah, uh, I love me my sweaty meatballs. The gabagool. Um, last question from Instagram, and it's not a question. It's from Dom Dom ten thirty three. Says not oh, a question. Gosh. Uh, not a question. Just glad you're back. Thanks, Dom Dom. Preach. Um, and then we got two Twitter questions. Uh, first one is from Hotspur America, uh, at America Hotspurs. He says, is Dan Levy the most toxic owner in the EPL? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes a lot from a Cronky and a, a, uh, a Glazer owner <laughs> to say, yeah, Dan Levy is the most toxic. Um, he's a piece of shit. Who's, who's Newcastle's owner? What's his name? No. Uh, it's Mike Ashley, but I, I'm Mike Ashley's pretty bad. He's, yeah, he's awful. He's an awful human being, but I'm convinced he's selling to some like Saudi Arabian group every well, single saw, year. That was interesting because I saw that was blocked by the Premier League because they didn't want another powerhouse in the Premier. That that there's a lot of conspiracy around that Newcastle buy over. Oh yeah, because they didn't want Man City to do what Man City did all over again and just yes. dump money into them. Hmm, shocker. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder why that got blocked. Anyway, um, last question comes from my good friend, big Italian fan, the biggest Italian fan I know, Joe Cappuccino. 
Uh, follow him on Twitter. He's fucking hilarious. He's a massive Juventus fan. Got to have a beer with him before at Gillette Stadium here in Boston. Uh, he said, has Kevin eaten his body weight in Gabagool yet? So I mentioned this earlier in the show. I bet him that if England won, he had to talk like John Oliver and drink tea for a month. Um, and he's an espresso man. And he said, if I lost, I have to talk like Tony Soprano and eat Gabagool for a month. Now, I have, I do eat Gabagool and Sopranos is my favorite show of all time. So here we go. Here's my, here's my Tony Soprano, uh, impression, Martin. Are you ready? No. But lay it on me. Hey, it's me, Tony Soprano. We're going to the club. We're going to the bada bing. Tony, where's, where's Bolly Walnuts? Gabagool. Okay. So, uh, how'd that go? I can dig it. I can dig it. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm in the universe right now. Hey, Sylvie, Silvio. Um, look, I'm back in immediately back just, in. Just when you thought I was out, they pulled me back <laughs> in. Hey. Um, all right, guys, that was our show. Um, oh, Martin, you mentioned this in the pre-show. I, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So right, this will right. be our feel good story and we'll end the show. Okay. So, um, I know that over the past, you know, four years that I have mentioned the common goal initiative once or twice or three times. Um, essentially it was started, started by Juan Mata. It was to pledge 10% or 1% or however many percent of your salary to this common goal initiative, which grows grassroots football across the world. It provides for, you know, education and provides for, um, you know, fields to be made, food to be prepared and delivered to, uh, people that need it across the world. And it's been grown and grown and grown. And, uh, the latest two people that, um, are supporting it nowadays is Danny Olmo and uh, Julian Nagelsmann, a player and the manager for Red Bull Leipzig. Um, and it's, it's just a absolutely fantastic cause in my mind. Um, I've known about it for a couple of years and um, I, I genuinely think as we grow more aware and, and conscious in, in uh, this modern world, especially for modern athletes, it's just an absolutely wonderful goal to achieve. And, and there's so much charity done by these professional athletes. Um, I mean, Sadio Mane has just done absolute wonders in his home country. I mean, Mohamed Salah brings so much back to Egypt. Um, uh, Marcus Rashford has done just an absolutely brilliant amount for children in the UK. And, and so it's, it's, you know, never not noticed when um athletes put their power to good and i think common goal is is one of the uh best charities out there so it's just amazing to see uh the next generation of players and in danny olmo who kind of grew up in a tough situation in spain to commit uh part of his salary to this goal to this initiative and you know every every player that does it um you know contributes an, an absolute world to these kids worldwide so uh Shit, that's all I have to say. I think it's a, a lovely fucking thing that uh, these professional athletes are doing, and I always try and want to highlight it when a uh, a new player or a, a player of iconic stature uh, joins this initiative. So there's that. Uh, common goal. Look it up. It's it's awesome. Also look up the Players' Tribune and click on that uh, tab soccer. It, it, it has some brilliant stories about soccer players. That kind of lets you know about their personal upbringing and, and the reason they contribute so much to their own society, to their own charities, because, I mean, 
like Kevin and I always say, this is uh, this is the beautiful game. This is the world's game, and it's it's just amazing to see all these players reaching back to their own communities and supporting them in in more ways than one. Wow, I have nothing to add. That was fucking beautiful, Martin. Well done. Claps, claps for Martin, everybody. Yes, yes. All snaps. Let's roll. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for hanging out. Sorry we were gone for a bit. We've been on vacation and also crying from England out. England not winning, yes, but we are back. Lads are back, and uh, look forward to doing the fantasy football this year for the Premier mm-hmm. League. Look look forward to some new merch, and uh, yeah, we'll have some more surprises for you guys, so let us know what you want us to do with the show, and we'll try to do them if we're not lazy sons of bitches. All right, I'll see you guys. I'll be your dream, I'll be your wish, I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new Certainty.